0: To what do you think of what's going on right now, mate? These evil
1: little invisible parasites. Satan-worshipping freemason morons. Do you understand what I'm saying?
0: We're not run by factions. There are much more powerful international forces in playing. Is this Pink Is this what Pink Guy is? I don't fucking know what's happening. to actually Google it. Please get outside and look at the moon quickly. It's been crazy, guys, but guess what? It's how it is, mate. Mate, because I want the to do free. this one. But I ain't spending any time, mate. Welcome to the Conditional Release Program, a podcast that delves into the netherworld of cults, crims, and con artists. This is our rabbit hole edition. We're Mm. diving deep. And I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes.
1: And I'm Joel Hill. And this week we are going to have another look at Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum and the Great Reset. But this time through the lens of one of their little members, the Danish MP Ida Orken, that we briefly mentioned in the last Rabbit Hole episode, but we're going to dive right into the you-will-own-nothing-and-be-happy idea that make conspiracy theorists lose sleep for reasons they don't even understand.
0: You're like that now, Joe? You're happy, aren't you? Oh, reasonably. Yeah, I don't own anything.
1: I could be happier. I certainly don't own shit. I own my Yaris, which has a fucking water leak.
0: Yeah, it's a really twisted message, but they really do love this line you know, you you won't own anything and be happy. Yeah. Uh, But they constantly attribute it to Klaus Schwab, which isn't true. And when asked what it means, they just make shit up. Yeah. The government is coming to take your house, your cat and your toothbrush and you'll have to hire them back on an hourly basis and the only currency they will accept is adrenochrome from tortured children. <laughs> it's stupid but the truth isn't much better. The article describes a truly bizarre dystopian future. I mean, it's like it's, ut- it's a dystopian utopia. Yeah, exactly, um, yeah. Uh, where tech bros use your lounge room for meetings and you attract everywhere you go.
1: Yeah, and look, the conspiracy theorists have got it completely wrong, but the reality of it is almost as absurd as the cougars make it out to be. Because, I mean, it's not just, you'll own nothing and be happy, as they like to quote in tweets, because, hey, I guess there's a character limit. The full title of the article is, Welcome to 2030. I own nothing, have no privacy, and life has never been better. And it's like... (laughs) Why no privacy? Why did you add that part to the top?
0: Why, why is what? that? It, it just seems Don't superfluous, put that in. doesn't it? Don't yeah. put that in. It's not uh, it's not. Yeah, so let's get stuck into this absolute train wreck of an article, Joel. Oh,
1: come on I mean, look, conspiracy theorists and general right-wing blowhards have decided to make the World Economic Forum a huge target for their bullshit disinformation campaigns. Been going for a few years now. Any fucking thing you see on Telegram is something to do with bloody Clashwap these days. They love calling them unelected globalists, which is such a bizarre concept for a political ideology toward the right that cheerleads for unelected CEOs to have unchecked power in free markets. I mean, the second you tell them to put controls on the rich, they're like, that's
0: coming! And and randomly support autocrats. You know? <laughs> Fuck him. Oh. Vladimir Putin. Hooray, oh. we love him. We just love the, Not, love the look of that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So this is the circular logic. And, and and with a bizarre amount of confidence they claim that an organization made up of some of the biggest corporations and bankers, some of the wealthiest people in the world are somehow. Communists.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because that makes so much fucking sense. I'm such a communist. I've got 900 homes, <laughs> and while this is completely insane, Schwab's ideas do often encourage this sort of government intervention, and regulation. So there is this sort of like shadow of communism, this idea of stakeholder capitalism. Oh, a shadow has... of the state, not
0: communism. I mean, yeah, I can like, explain to you what communism is, and it, and it's and it's nothing
1: like this. The Americans think that fucking healthcare is communism. So, like, you know, I mean. It's. I can see why they say it. I don't. Think, it's not saying they're right, but his idea of stakeholder capitalism in his books, it extends the benefits of corporations to all stakeholders involved, all the profits, instead of just simply the shareholders. And that's really not a communist idea. This is still very much within the capitalist liberalised system. It sure is. But it seems to really get up. More conservative, super wealthy types who truly do exist in that Scrooge McDuck image, you know, like jumping into the gold and you know just being complete assholes. But then it you've would got actually these hurt.
0: It would actually hurt. It would to hurt jump into so the much. I'm
1: mm-hmm. always worried about that, yeah. you know, with your neck. And there's, but then you've got like the more benevolent, rampant capitalists like George Soros, Warren Buffett, who they hate. And these are the guys who will stand up there and say, "Our tax rates are far too low. My secretary pays more tax than me," and then pay that low tax. And they will employ people to make sure they pay the legal bare minimum of tax. So, I mean. And while it irritates the fuck out of me that they clearly haven't read any of the actual source information released either by the WEF or Clash Rob's books themselves, and they just make shit up on the back of it, this article is a little bit different. Because on face value, it is a bit cooked. But most of their outrage is, as usual, lazy and confected. Because it's generally accepted. In the conspiracy universe, the World Economic Forum's evil plans are outlined in the books of Schwab, the ones he's written. It's all out there in the open, which includes stakeholder capitalism Mm. and the Fourth Industrial Revolution and the Great Reset. Great Reset Mm -hmm. being, of course, a very popular one because it just sounds kind of both. It's just
0: catchy, isn't
1: it? Isn't it just? But after reading these books, like audio books, but whatever – I thought the approach would be that these were actually smoke screens. This is the approach from conspiracy theorists that they're smoke screens put up by Schwab to produce this sort of pretty picture to distract from the real agenda. But no, they say, and I looked all over the place, they believe that Schwab's books are an admission of his plot, that it's all out on the table, but they haven't read the fucking books. <laughs> no. Like no. they're just nothing. Hey, they're nothing not readers, like what they say. They're no not one's readers. anymore. They're not readers no one's See,
0: reading anymore.
1: I'm terrible. I'm an audiobook guy, but they need videos.
0: I don't know why. Yeah. So oh, and short ones. Two and a half minutes, tops.
1: Yeah, well, actually it's amazing the longevity they have in some of these videos. Like they'll post these like ninety minute long diatribes of some Italian parliament. You're like, Wow, like you're an idiot, but your attention span is incredible when you want it to be. <laughs> yeah, I know anyway. that dozed
0: off. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so look. We'll kick off with former senator, and I just—I don't know if I'm the only one who thinks this, but he looks straight up like a gay porn actor, Corey Bernardi. You know, like those big bulging veins in his head. He's
0: a like rower. He was—he missed, he was an, he missed ah. out on one particular Olympics uh, for illness or injury or something. But yeah, he's a rower.
1: God, he's going to be really upset when trans women get into rowing. Anyway, he says the World Economic Forum has been upfront about its agenda for the public because he thinks it's all in the books
0: yeah i like to think of uh, bernardi as mr 3%. i call him mr 3%. <laughs> okay. this is a bloke who swore hand on heart he would remain a liberal and got a high spot on the uh, south australian libs ticket at the 2016 election as a result and then after the election in fact 7 months later defected amazing he founded the australian conservatives entered into a coalition with family first and while still a senator took The Australian Conservatives, this new coalition party with Family First alongside them, to the South Australian state election in 2018 and returned with less than Family First's vote from the previous election. Amazing. I mean, it's well a coalition done. that's actually got smaller. Well done. That yeah, is and and he actually great. got 3% of the vote, hence the name. The man is a political halfwit. <laughs> I mean he really is. This guy this guy, everything he touches turns to shit political. Yeah, yeah, yeah Anywho, that's it. This is what the political genius had to say. WEF founder Klaus Schwab even wrote about it a book entitled The Great Reset. That's where you'll own nothing and be happy, Mr 3% said.
1: This is what fucking pisses me off, because that's not where you'll own nothing and be happy. You have it's not it's not in the book. It's not in the Great Reset. It's, it's not. But no, this the thing, a- he doesn't need to fucking read it because his target audience are morons. They're not going to hold him to account. They're just going to be like, ooh, they're not fucking readers. And not What am I we like- got here. The audiobook, just as a side note, was actually one of those text to speech ones because they haven't got an official audiobook version. So yeah. I listened to a robot. You're
0: talking to a robot. Hundreds
1: <laughs> of pages spoken to me through my <laughs> car stereo as a robot.
0: With basic uh, chaos theory uh, is anything to go by. will will turn against us and kill us all.
1: Oh, 100%. Look, I'm looking forward to my audiobook, Strangling It
0: To Death. And then we have a teeny weeny Queensland Senator, Malcolm Roberts, a man uh-huh. so stupid he can't send an email. No. Um, and, and, and just like Bernardi, although Bernardi's doing it for, for media clout. Yes, uh, the 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 senator is just pandering to his own voter base.
1: Yes, and we do say voter base lightly, considering he only got seventy seven votes and brabbing it on a section forty four. So I mean, this is just yeah, you know, he's he's a nobody. He claims this is quote Klaus Schwab's life by subscription, which he said <laughs> in the chamber in yep. a speech.
0: In he's answer. an idiot. Hello,
1: Glass Schwab has in no way endorsed product as a service as a concept. He just hasn't. But Roberts is an idiot, and once again doesn't really need to go by anything. He just makes shit up. He goes on to say that corporations will own everything, homes, factories, and farms, like they already don't. And when the Greens suggest that we should have checks and balances on rich people, teeny weeny screams communism. Mm
0: -hmm. And then he spins
1: this shit like he's some sort of fucking nationalism hero. Like, fuck you. He even claims that people will be forced to rent what they need, but only if their social credit score allows them to. The source? Just trust me, bro. Like, He's clearly <laughs> read this article, and I get that. That's fine. Took him yeah. five minutes. to Read an
0: article, yeah. and they
1: made up a whole bunch of paranoid shit yep. and just linked to it. And mm-hmm. this is so typical of the conservative universe, especially in the Cooker space. It's just their bread and butter. But a fucking senator, I mean, that is that is terrible. Like, have no. some self respect. And you can see his speech on YouTube if you want. But it's it's, it's all made up bullshit. He just makes it up.
0: Look, Tony, when, he, when we talk about our senators, there's not a lot to get proud of there nowadays. Yeah. Um, but when, when we talk about Tony, when he, when he actually got into, well, he did actually file a kind of soft sit writ against Julia Gillard. Let's yeah, not that's forget right. that when he was a senator. <laughs> and then uh, and with you know, with uh, with the semicolons and so forth under yes. his name. And then when someone said, yep. hey, soft-sits today, he goes, I'm really not a soft sit. Where'd you learn it from, then, champion? <laughs> and, the, and the other thing that he did was produced like this great whopping conspiracy theory file that he released actually into the parliamentary library that contained speeches from JFK, uh, 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 Roosevelt, FDR, and, and they were completely made up. Now he'd either oh, he'd either made them up himself. He's never answered these questions, by the way. He'd either made up these speeches from JFK and FDR himself or he'd simply cut and paste someone who did.
1: I think that's There the is
0: no record of these speeches that he refers to frequently. Man's Amazing. an idiot. What a fucking moron. And just another one, just to round off the senatorial idiots, uh, Liberal <laughs> Senator for South Australia, Alex Antic. <laughs> hate him. He's got the crazy <sighs> antics. Has all has been all over this, you know, New World Order, all this sort of stuff. An angry, paranoid idiot who appears reasonably intelligent until he opens his mouth. Oh. And that, that's the giveaway. That's when that you is. know. It at really least is. with Teeny Weenie, he's a bit of a joke. I mean, you just look at him and go, That guy is funny. Yeah, you can't. Um, but Attic him. is dangerously respectable and completely unhinged. You know, we might remember some of his anti-vax sort of nonsense as oh, well. And
1: he's still going to.
0: The Institute for Strategic Dialogue tracked his videos on Twitter and Facebook, noticing he had an extraordinary level of reach outside of this country, stating that while the content was fairly tame on the scale of great reset rhetoric available online, his <laughs> position <a> <laughs> In the Australian Senate, Senate conferred a level of legitimacy and official confirmation to the narrative. And we got good. one more, haven't we, Joe? We got uh, one more senator.
1: Well, we've got so- we've got half of one. Of course, we've <laughs> got to mention Ralph Sippy babbitt Sippy. I mean, he's all he's also in the Senate, but like nobody can possibly take him seriously enough because he's just so clearly an idiot. He just has <laughs> dumb energy. And when he yeah. speaks, you just want to laugh because, like, he has the oration <laughs> skills of the seventh when grader. When he walks
0: into the room, everyone just gets dumber.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly, or at least smarter by comparison. And I mean, but this is why I love him so much. You know, this is why he's got a spot at the top of the show. I just, I, I adore this man. I adore this moron. He's been using the whole "you own nothing" alongside the whole "you eat bugs" thing for ages. I don't care. I'm not taking you seriously. But. This is the thing. When it comes to Antic, his position in the Australian Senate confers this level of legitimacy. Babbitt, I mean, look, you could be the fucking king of England, and no one's listening to you because you are clearly a moron.
0: His uh, his made his maiden speech. We're not allowed to use that term, but his first speech in the in the Senate. Oh, really? That's included included the the word. It's a French word, uh, and and zippy assures us that he speaks french um but he does, it, yeah. it included the word faux f-a-u-x as oh, some, something being contrived yeah. or not real and he pronounced it fox <laughs> but he speaks french <laughs> so, he says, so i guess
1: i mean like he probably does speak french and look i can't judge someone who in speech because you must be nervous standing up there in front of you know tens of people and um and speaking in in public but at the same yeah, time yeah i'm going to say that moron. if you
0: if you've rock and rolled your way around politics enough to put your name on a ballot you might have got used to a bit of public speaking so being nervous and <laughs> shitting yourself in front of 12 people and none of them, none of whom care what you've just written. No, they're all on their say, phones. Uh, <laughs> it really shouldn't be terrifying. No, go no, on, Joe.
1: No. So look, alongside Schwab's books, which these people speak confidently about despite having never read them or even probably looked the fucking foreword, the World Economic Forum releases articles written by members of the group alongside recordings of conference sessions, podcasts, videos on YouTube, you know, the whole bit. A whole like, bunch that, of that stuff. that media <laughs> stuff. Then they, they sort of love to discuss the potential impact of technology. They've got a very futurist sort of bent. There's this social change, the way it sort of materializes over time. And it's actually quite interesting. If you want to check out the impact of technology on changing markets and on society, there's lots of sort of speculative stuff, but it's really interesting. And the people behind are often really quite clever. This article may be a small exception to that. Yeah, Ida Orkin, the Danish MP that wrote this article. Not Karl Schwab.
0: I know Orkin.
1: No, no, not Schwab. Orkin took the ball and literally ran with it and ran into a wall. I mean, this article is strange.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: The article was published just before the World Economic Forum had yet another meeting of rich people and figures of government, and this one was the annual meeting of the Global Future Councils, say that 10 times quickly, held in the famously progressive country Dubai
0: in 2016,
1: Mm. which was
0: described by the WEF as... The annual meeting of the Global Future Councils, our network of forward-looking thinkers from business, government, civil society and academia.
1: Yeah. So, you know, it's it's got a nice cross-section of people. It's everybody. I'm getting the academics don't pay uh, because they have oh, no except money. Except for
0: the pause. It's everybody except for the pause.
1: Yes, only the prestigious pause, the one who had doctorates. But it is mostly just rich kids talking about cool technology, yep. you know, a few Emiratis in there and a bunch of tech bros who, let's face it, Most of their incentive to go this is to try to self-regulate to avoid government intervention, which is going to fuck with their plans to make Skynet sentient. I mean, that is genuinely part (laughs) of the plan. Get ahead of government, go and have a chat with Klaus's mates, and then you can make sure the government don't put reasonable regulations on your psychotic technological advances. But as with most WF meetings... They sought to address these pressing issues facing the world as a result of these technological advancements, clashing with these sort of social order and these sort of things we hold dear. The potential end of American world dominance is on the table. The threat of climate change is always there. And because the WF loves taking membership money from sketchy Middle Eastern countries, tons of puff pieces on Dubai itself. Terrific
0: people. Great Great human rights record.
1: Good shopping. Really good
0: shopping. Hotels, second to none.
1: The beers are... Not a great craft to scene, but that's yeah. fine. Don't worry. No, you yeah, can't have yeah. everything. No. The basis of the article is there's number one to eight predictions for the world in 2030. So it's like a sort of series of eight predictions that are going to happen in, at that point, was around 15 years. This, and these again, are
0: the, to remind our listeners, is orken the Danish MP's article, not Klaus Schwab's. Right? Yes,
1: yes. Uh, th- th- it is definitely good to, to say for those at the back because uh, he has nothing to do with this. He's the head of the organization. This is like a subsect of like global councils. This is beneath him at best. So this was discussed at the meeting, which is basically that all products will have become services. And that was the number one prediction for 2030, that all products will have become services. That's very Mm -hmm. important. And this is something we've actually seen quite widely as a practical example in the software yeah. sector, with companies like Adobe and Microsoft moving to a subscription-style service where you no longer own the software but you subscribe to it. And this is so, of course, you keep paying them money. Yeah, it's you know, it's
0: just a better, it's just a better business plan, it's just for a better business model. I mean, I, I, when I first started, I mean, you know, I, was, I, I, I thought I had to pay for. Um, uh, MS Word for example right uh, yeah. because I use that and then they started billing me 40 bucks and I went to my bank said cut that shit out now <laughs> and then <laughs> and your worse. I had working. no idea they were doing this yep. this is quite a few years ago and uh, and then suddenly then I realised hey, I'm not paying 40 bucks a month uh, or anything like that I, I, I think I do pay 10 bucks now well I
1: tell you what look I'm not telling you to do this but on eBay and AliExpress you can get licences for a lot cheaper than 129 a year but yeah, yeah. still
0: anyway that's, that's just the business model because you can sell the software, people are going to copy it, you know, uh, all that sort of stuff, and, and they're going to move it around, and, and this is best. This is the best way. This is a steady stream of ready cash going into, into, into huge companies' cash flow like yeah. Adobe and Microsoft. It's yeah. purely for
1: profit. There's no real true benefit to it whatsoever except for updates that no one cares about. So, yep. look, we'll go into more detail on the article itself as we sort of break it down from here, but this is the World Economic Forum explaining the article in just a simple paragraph.
0: I don't own anything. I don't own a car. I don't own a house. I don't own any appliances or any clothes, writes Danish MP Ida Orkin. Shopping is a distant memory in the city of 2030 whose inhabitants have cracked clean energy and borrow what they need on demand. It sounds utopian. It actually doesn't. Until she mentions (laughs) that her every move is tracked outside the city lives swathes of discontent, anti-vaxxers, Dirty people, the (laughs) ultimate depiction of a society split in two. So we've got this, not utopian, dystopian future. Exactly.
1: Mm. And this is such an important bit of context. And you'll see as we read the article through this thing that none of this is in the article. None of this perspective is given up front. There's no disclaimer. There's no foreword. They just jump into, hey, look at our rosy vision of the future and then explain to us something that is mildly terrifying and that last bit is so important because the article is so terrifyingly dismissive of these discontents that live outside of the city and truly paints a fucked up dystopian picture of a split society of basically what you could call freedom fighters but really just people who eat actual pizza and like steaks and then you've got these like you know doe-eyed idiots on fucking soy paste who are living in these buildings where fucking tech bros have meetings in the lounge room when they're taking a piss.
0: Better borrow myself some new underpants.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: I just shat knees.
1: <laughs> Don't worry, about someone lose else's. My, I'm going to
0: lose my deposit. Lose your deposit. <laughs> <yeah.
1: laughs> And it might send you bankrupt. So, look, it's not a great situation here. But it's important no. that we establish that the WF are not completely psychotic and neither is Alkin. There is some self-awareness here that doesn't translate into the article. Like I say, there's no warnings. There's no forewords. So, I'd like to use this as a basis to give some credit to conspiracy theorists who may have misinterpreted the tone of the article because they didn't really get a, a good warning on why this has a lot more nuance to it. But it also took me like five minutes to find that quote, and it's been years since the article came out. Like, yeah. they're not doing their research, and they're so famous for doing that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, it's because they want yeah. to be angry. You know, <laughs> this is
1: this is catnip to them. This is their industry, and this is kerosene for the fire, and they're always looking for new ways to put kerosene on the fire. Yeah. So she had to later clarify things, and she added this.
0: Uh, Danish politician Ida Orken, who wrote the prediction in question here, said it was not... A utopia or dream of the future, quote unquote, but a quote. Scenario showing where we could be heading for better and for worse. Yeah, quote. exactly. So, so it's you know, she's doing the HG Wells thing, she's having a bit of a glimpse into the future, and um, and and she might have got a whole bunch of things wrong. Um, I, I do like her depiction of the Morlocks. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look, context is so important. I, there was
0: none. I want to get the shit out here. of one of them right now. <laughs>
1: So, look, in this written update, you clarified the piece aimed to start a discussion about some of the pros and cons of the yeah. current technological development. And when we're dealing with the future, it is not enough to work with reports. We should start discussions in many new ways. This is the intention with this piece.
0: Fair point,
1: but this intention wasn't clear. There was no yeah. foreword. You can't be like assuming that we're all fucking members of the WBF and attending regular sessions. <laughs> you know, it doesn't take long to clarify this if you I look got into the money it. for that. Well, no, you don't, and you never fucking will, because nope. it's disgustingly expensive. Because these people are cooked. It is for the elites, and it is quite unashamedly so. And we should never lose sight of the idea that this organization isn't benevolent. And, and just because is, we want to be contrarian to cookers.
0: OED the OED definition of elitism.
1: Yeah. Well, 100%. Yeah. Like, let's not forget that. But I'm not going to let bullshit stand. And that is the main issue that I have mm-hmm. when it comes to disinformation. Even if I'm standing up for rich assholes wouldn't piss on me if I was on fire. It fucking <laughs> shits me that they're being vilified for dumb reasons.
0: Vilified for good reasons. They might set fire to you in order to prove that point.
1: Yes. They'd set fire to me and then make me pay for the piss. I mean,
0: like, this is <laughs> how these people think. Rent, rent the piece. <laughs> exactly. You can rent the piece. a service. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, for example, the have no privacy aspect is the idea that the way in which data has become monetized and devices are surveilling us around the clock, we have become the product. And this is already happening now. And this is discussed in the session at the 2017 uh, Devos meeting. What if privacy becomes a luxury good? And the title kind of sums it up. This is like, it outlines a potential future where a price tag may be attached to opt out of constant surveillance by big tech firms. And what can be possibly done to avoid this potential reality with regulation and things like that to try and make sure that we can still be a product because they're capitalist scums, but also to make sure that it doesn't get out of hand because it is have a lot of potential to get out of hand. And I mean, like, look, that is really interesting Ida, And I love your work. This is really great, but I haven't been to Davos. You know, we're not, Davos people. We're just general public. I wasn't invited because no one cares what I fucking think. However, I did read Have No Privacy in the title and just because I wasn't realising there was hours of context in sessions and lectures behind it, I mean, come on. That doesn't make me simple or a lot of the people who took this completely out of context. I I totally understand why people got alarmed by this.
0: Yeah, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's the gift of Danish irony and it's just not uh, it's not easy to pick up. There's I'm, not many of them. This is something the Australian government has to address right now, governments around the world, but it's Australia in particular, because what the Optus hack showed us is that there's just data that sits oh, in corporations, everywhere. databases, that is not moved on, particularly related to telecommunications, that they're supposed to keep for, for government. You know, for government yeah. use, metadata, blah blah, law whatever, law enforcement, etc. Yeah. Right? Uh, and and they're actually keeping it for 10, 15, an indeterminate amount of time, and that really needs to change. And it can change. It can change very easily. Yes, it can. With legislation that just says if you have this, if you have this uh, uh, person's data after six years and you have no further contact with that particular individual, kill the data. Yeah,
1: or de-identify it, or do
0: it. An send ant- them an email and tell them that you've done it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that that's really not a big deal. It's not a hard thing to do, but Unfortunately, we have very, very lazy organisations that only do things with their phones. Well, we
0: have very lazy governments. We've just had a very lazy right-wing government who just did not address these things. Like, they don't oh, give computers. A fuck. Hey, they can do all sorts of things on computers now, I and that was you about the full extent boobs. of the grasp of technology from the Morrison government, for example. Yeah, I mean, he really put was in that, in that.
1: These case. are people who pressed like on porn tweets. I mean, dude, you can't you can't yeah. be expecting them to yeah. regulate technology. And we're
0: fat chicks, I think, in the class. <laughs> <if they can't.
1: laughs> So, look, even on a tweet from the World Economic Forum, there was a quote which was, you know, you'll own nothing and be happy. And it's got this shit-eating grin from this stock photo, but it crops out the important bit. Or sometimes it leaves it in. Malcolm Roberts left it in because his are he's holding audience of morons. You'll own nothing and you'll be happy. This is how our world could change by 2030. Read more. And then there's a link, Right. So they're qualifying and they're saying this is how a world could change. Yeah. And then it later qualifies it even further by saying this is based on the input of members of the World Economic Forum's Global Future Councils. Klaus Schwab, not a member of that.
0: Not a member of that. He's the and, boss. And this was just simply the, the sort of dystopian view of the world put together by Ida, uh, who, who doesn't understand irony, clearly. and No. <laughs> and has just given... Given the cookers, you know, uh, a short one outside the off stump to just, put, yeah. just smash to the boundary.
1: Straight to the boundary. It really is unfortunate. But, look, if it wasn't this, would be something else, let's face it. I mean, like, yeah, everyone's yeah, got sure. something.
0: They're always Fucking something. Idiots.
1: But the thing is, it is subtle, but it was there, you know. This isn't a picture of what they're aiming for. It's a picture of what could happen. It's potentially a warning. Like, to read that into that small bit of just, you know, this is how our world could change, I mean... People need more context than that. I I wouldn't call people stupid for misinterpreting that, but you can see that the whole time, you know, they're not backtracking on this since day dot. This wasn't meant to be a uh, hopeful utopia. It was more of a, hey, guys, you might want to check this
0: situation out. It's going to be Morlocks and everything. It's going to be horrible.
1: (laughs) Dennis Leary. We'll get back to that in a second. But, like, with anything that right-wing agitated used to fuel these sort of profitable fear narratives, it's more complicated than it seems, and they almost willfully leave out the details. And with the WEF, everything's fucking complicated. I mean, everything is detail. These people are actual dorks. There is nothing but detail. These people are so fucking long-winded, and those long-winded things are... Hugely detailed. Fascinating, but dorks. A lot of reading. There's also a copy of the article on WF website, which has since been deleted at the request of Icon due to threats and abuse she's received from idiots who missed the point of the fucking article. <laughs> Amazing.
0: She would have got some whoppers too. The big
1: terrible. Awful. And probably still now. And just like just cause this one article she wrote on a futuristic concept. Yeah. Fuck you. And the links do actually remain up. They're just broken. So they are accessible through the Wayback Machine because that exists. We
0: did and see that, yes.
1: An interesting thing was in the URL they put shopping. I can't really remember what that is, which is a part of the article, but it's interesting that that was the part that they decided to put in the URL. So yeah. they, you know, there's a little emphasis on that. And it's always interesting to see these little like, you know, tidbits to see. Yeah, I know.
0: Because everyone what- loves shopping. I mean, most people do love shopping, whether it's just popping down the supermarket and all that sort of stuff. And what do you mean? They're gonna take it away and Morlocks and stuff? What? I've got a love hate relationship. They, this is how they pull them in. This is this is genuine cold behaviour.
1: It is, it is. But like the thing is, right? Like, you know, I go into Cole's and half the time I'm there like I am fucking wasting my time. This is pointless. I should just program my Amazon to deliver everything through me by drone. And then my second thing is, I love the lights. Cole's radio is playing a banger. I'm yeah. just walking around looking at all these pretty colours. Life <laughs> is good. Because it's designed to <laughs> fuck with your head. And oh, I just right. take those things in. I'm,
0: I'm, I'm, I've got to get. I just got to get milk, which means I'm going to have to walk four kilometres into the store. Uh, in oh yeah, it gets my get steps
1: up too. That is definitely a thing.
0: Yeah. But yeah, anyway, no, at the end of the evil article, science at play there. But yeah, sorry, go. On.
1: <laughs> at the end of the article, there is this disclaimer.
0: Uh, the views expressed in this article are those of the author alone and mm-hmm. not the World Economic Forum. Yeah,
1: not Clash Schwab, mm. You know, not the boss.
0: Not no, Klaus.
1: The Come Danish on, lady, weenie.
0: You should know this, man.
1: Do your research. Fuck's no. sake. I mean, yeah. it's still a terrifying article is. that is quite hard to swallow. But yeah. why why go for the boss? It's a
0: piece anyway. Of fiction. Anyway.
1: Look, on the list, there's the eight things. That's number one. The other seven are pretty banal, but they're worth mentioning. There's a price on carbon, which is boring. Boring. The end of US dominance and a multipolar society, which yeah, is becoming more and more anyway. likely. Yep. This is great. Farewell Hospital. Hello, Homespital, which Ooh. is their sort of take on telehealth. But, like, how bad is that bit of copy from the intern? Homespital? Yeah. Like, that's just absolute toilet thought. Eating Less Meat, which is a huge buggy man for the right at the moment no. because everything's about no. eating bugs. I mean, come on, guys. We're killing our animals. It's kind of fucked up. I eat like a chicken a day. Number six is Today's <gasps> Searing Refugees, 2030 CEOs, which is so lovely. Like, it's what? so banal, but it's such a, like what? a lovely puff piece. Because you know, like apparently in twenty thirty, the Syrian refugees will come of age and be brilliant at stuff for some reason, which is nice.
0: Yeah, and and and, and none of them will be violent because they've lived in a violent environment for so long, where the, the 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 price of human life is so cheap that they'll be affected by that in a bad way.
1: No, no, no. They they were brought to civilized countries at young ages taught through the best schools Germany has to offer, and now they're about to become the next leaders. Oh,
0: this is the million Syrian refugees in in Germany. Look, you know know that a lot of people are going to be very, very productive members of society, so I get that. But I mean, but don't add to their burdens by saying, hey, we're just sitting back waiting waiting for you all to become geniuses and stuff. Yeah,
1: you best be CEOs. (laughs) Come on, do something smart. So (laughs) number seven is that Western values will be tested to a breaking point which is kind of playing out right now as the culture no, wars are flaring up. Oh,
0: mainly because this because the, the right wing and conservative so-called conservatives are anti-US. This is the new thing. They're anti-west. <laughs> this is the new thing that they are anti-west, anti-US. This this was always a leftist uh, a leftist occupation or preoccupation. Now it's the right. Now it's Tucker Carlson. He is anti-West. He is anti-US.
1: That Zuby Music dickhead on Twitter, who I don't know why has a blue tick, he was saying that he doesn't like what's happening in the US for raising a family and that he thinks that people should move to Saudi Arabia if they want a family-friendly environment.
0: Oh, yeah. That's
1: insane. Yeah. So, yes, no, you're absolutely right. The right wing are moving away from American values and going toward like – so the other thing that I found was fascinating about this, and we shouldn't go too hard on on the side note but that 4chan and all these kind of fucked-up lords are saying how base the Taliban are because they put women in their place and they have cool guns. Yeah,
0: it's it's, it's completely fucking nuts. I mean, Saudi, not so long ago, the Saudis were, were hiring... Uh, we're hiring basically people who go around and execute people with scimitars. Yeah, um, you know, so so maybe you know there, there are at least job opportunities there.
1: And the other thing is, and we'll get into this, in a, and there's, it's further down. But uh, the W F and the Saudis are in bed, and it is sickening. But that's another episode, and we'll talk about that later. Yeah. On blah, blah, blah. Well,
0: look, it's what it, it, it is the one regime that is studiously ignored by most of the West particularly the UK and the US with, with the possible exception of most recent events where Biden went over there and talked to them about oil production and, and got, work. Got, the, got the bums rush. And now <laughs> apparently there's a review of their relationship now. Um, <clears throat> but everyone's been cutting them slack. You want to know why? Because they're... They're the right kind of Arabs, um, yeah, and, and, that's and right. they, they have yeah. the right kind of Islam as well. So the West is all piling on Iran. It's a terrible country, by the way. Don't get me wrong; I'm not suggesting that it's unfair. Uh, it's a terrible <coughs> country, full of good people, but, but those yeah. sorts of things are unfair on on the on, on Iran. And I think the bravest people on the on the planet are those who are protesting in, in uh, from the yep. middle class exactly. in, in Iran in Tehran, uh, and, but. We've from the west. We've already picked a side here. We've we've said, oh well, the Iranians are terrible and well, the Saudis are terrible too. But um, we think they're going to be more stable.
1: Yeah, more helpful.
0: More helpful. They have got more money.
1: Yeah, I mean, so that's yeah. where
0: that all comes from. They are both a deplorable. One a Sunni extremist, the other Shia Shia extremist, and and, um, and 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 we've decided that we're going to pick sides and we'll ignore every human rights outrage. Uh, in Saudi Arabia, and there are so many, particularly so many. around the, the, the Yemeni conflict yep. uh, and just at home anyway, yep. uh, but Iran will focus on every every horrible thing they do, Little which is great, yeah. by the way, and I'd love to see uh, the Islamic Federation, the Islamic Republic of Iran, fucking brought down brick by brick.
1: Yeah, yeah. But uh, the Saudis get a free pass for everything. The
0: Saudis next.
1: Oof. <laughs> so, number eight, move to Mars. Yeah, well, why not? Nothing on that. That's boring as
0: shit. I don't yeah, care about that. Yeah. Move to fucking Mars. Well, fuck Venus guys. probably got a better temperature. Um, yeah. Slightly yeah, high, well, it depends what you thousand like. 1,000 Celsius. But, you know, other than that, yeah. it should be perfect. Great uh, for
1: ceramics. Yeah. <laughs> So this is what the WF are like. You know, they discuss all this wild futurist bullshit with derpy slogans, these catchy buzzwords, and it just so happens that right-wing agitators that hate and fear change have decided to make the coincidentally Jewish... And somewhat Ooh. evil sounding Clash Wob into the Lex Luthor of this dopey dystopian fear narrative they've yeah. just made up on the fly.
0: You dig deep enough with these people, you'll always find some anti Semitism. Oh, yeah, you. but talk about the right, and I don't want to rant too much, but, but too. look, to what we're seeing from the right now is that politics is a game and politics is a game, like a game of chess where you play it with misinformation and you, you you use this piece to, to spread a lie. I mean, you know, people who get into politics or even people who want to commentate it should do so because they believe in some intrinsic good would come from it yep. right? to benefit others, not so much themselves. But this is all just clout chasing in the case of commentators or yep. in the case of politicians themselves. Actually, boosting their election, their re-election chances. You know, I, I'm, I've just been looking today at at the Florida's Surgeon General, Joseph LaDapo, and it is just unbelievable. Now he has brought in an an edict saying that um, males between the age of eight and thirty four will not be vaccinated in Florida for COVID on the basis of a scientific paper that has no authors. And so poor data that it, it cannot be explained. The argument is that uh, in the eighteen to thirty-four year old males, that there is an eighty-five percent chance, uh, enhanced chance of uh, of a cardiac event. Yeah, it's completely unsupported by it's data. Made up. They've looked at 20, 20 cases. They've ignored those people with COVID, right, and COVID death. Uh, and, and COVID, you know, um, health-related COVID, more mortalities as well, comorbidities, I should say, and 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 just ignored all that data, just ignored it all. I mean, I can run you through the numbers of people who died of COVID, 18 to 34 in the United States, who were unvaccinated, and it's 21,000, by the way, compared mm. to those who were vaccinated, 2,000. Yeah. That's, That's the fucking data. Mm-hmm. But this guy, because he wrote a couple of things in the Wall Street Journal saying, oh, you know, I think lockdowns are really bad, he had the right political the, the right political front and then they basically – so he was appointed by DeSantis. It's all political, all political. And it's all designed to basically firm up the GOP vote with the gubernatorial election due in now just two weeks. Yep. They'll drop this guy like the halfwit that he is eventually – um, but in the meantime, he will do great harm. So, so but that's the t- sense. Conservatives used to be. This is one of their stock standards. Tony Abbott says it all the time: uh, "Do no more harm. Do no further harm." These guys are in the harm business now.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, hundred percent, totally fucking agree. It's disgusting.
0: Well, look, ran over.
1: No, it was good. I like it. Um, so, look, let's uh, let's actually look at the article itself. We've had yep. a big preamble. We've we've, we've we've fleshed some things out. But what does it say? And as we've said before, in the preamble, it is a bit of a doozy. There is a lot of things in here, but I also find when I remove myself from all the all the nonsense going on, it's kind of funny. So, Jack's going to read the quotes, All right. and we're going to go through it. So it starts off with this:
0: "Welcome to the year 2030. Welcome to my city, or should I say, our city? I don't <laughs> own anything. I don't own a car. I don't own a house. I don't own any appliances or any clothes. I got my, I got my underpants on, on lay-by.
1: Yeah, the underpants thing really. That fucked was me there. Up. I that just weird. made that up.
0: Because uh, underpants, but no, are but very like
1: funny. that's it. Like you don't own any clothes no. that's fucking bizarre so okay the our city probably triggers right-wingers because at, at at its core in a right-wing mindset we are meant to be atomized as fuck and the idea of collectivism is somehow communism to them you know they just make these dumb fucking leaps and i find that thought quite unsettling because personally i see individual self-interest not being a virtue It's actually quite often toxic and awful and winds up in greedy, bad decisions that harm those around you. In this situation, in the same breath, they whinge on about the importance of local community. And I mean, guys, you've got to pick a lane on this because we're either all atomized people who live individualistic lives with no interest in the commons or... We're engaged in local community. I mean, come on, guys, please, work with me here. But generally speaking, the angle they take here is that your individual freedoms will be sacrificed for collective good, and whatever freedoms you happen to give up will make your life hollow and meaningless. The only thing that makes life worth living is owning a house and owning a car. Everything else is secondary and just pointless. So the base of her city, or our city, is probably going to be a smart city. And this is an actual thing which is being implemented in various places with the blatant backing of the wef and we will get to examples of smart cities in the next part of this which may be in a couple of weeks maybe in a month whatever but the idea is that the city is built with technology at the heart of all the planning and all this scalability is built into the development which is kind of fascinating but it's it is an experiment and whether this is a good thing or a bad thing is open to discussion and the proof will be in the pudding as we see this play out and we are going to see it play out because these things are happening. Conspiracy theorists tend to say it's not good, but as we know, these are people who are inherently terrified of the unknown and fucking terrible with technology. They're like, oh, I posted Dan Murphy's opening hours. It's also in the name, smart cities. And let's face it, cookers are not smart people. they not so smart. Not you can smart.
0: see. I can tell you that motor vehicle manufacturers around the world, big names, Toyota, General Motors, Ford, etc They are planning for a future where... People will particularly living in cities, will subscribe to a car. They won't own yeah. a car. Yep. Uh, I... it will mean, and mean and this is we're talking about self drive cars. They will pay, let's I'm not gonna say in today's money, maybe pay maybe pay three or four hundred dollars for a car and you'll be able to subscribe to it, call it up on an app and it'll come around and pick them up and drive them to where they want to go. That's, Which would be incredibly efficient. It would be incredibly efficient. But but I also and, and, and can't and leave my stuff in it. Motor vehicle, no, you can't. You'll have to Which get sucks. all your gear out. Motor vehicle manu- manufacturers are dealing with this because obviously if we're sharing cars, if we're subscribing uh, to a car and that, uh, say, so, so, Uh, one person has, say, a quarter or a fifth of that car, and that's probably not the best Mm -hmm. way to put it, but that that car will take five or six different people around, different subscribers around. Obviously, they're not going to be quite as many vehicles manufactured.
1: Yeah, exactly, which may very well be a good thing because there's a lot of people in the developing world who don't have cars who wouldn't mind one. And keeping them down with economic uh, sanctions and imperialism, I don't know, maybe that's not nice. I don't know. Just a just a funny. Well, it's thought. just gonna
0: it's gonna just put an, an absolute soak on resources too. And if they're EVs, then it'll be you know some of, some of the precious or some some of the rare metals that are that uh, yeah. are very very well. Difficult. Rares in the
1: title, so I guess that's a giveaway yeah. about why it might, might be problematic. Hey, we got
0: nickel here. We got nickel.
1: Yeah, come get it. Come get it, guys. Yeah, we are going to have another it. boom. Go, Nick,
0: go prospecting for for nickel now because it's yes, going to be exactly. a, it's a major metal of the future. Get
1: my nickel detector out. So as to owning nothing, I mean, look, guys, welcome to 2022. We don't own anything anyway. Houses are beyond our reach. Hoarded by professional landlords and investment firms that do not give a this fuck about you. This is what a
0: with a lot of cookers, but get yeah, going.
1: Possessions are fleeting. I mean, things are designed to break. Planned obsolescence is a thing. Yep. It's totally normalized now. Most millennials own a computer, a phone, and not much else. And these things need to be replaced every few years anyway. I mean, like our idea of property rights has been kind of punished over the yep. years. Boomers with 10 properties sure love the idea of ownership because they fucking own everything. But to the generation they priced out of the market, we don't care for it as much because we don't fucking have any, you know, some people might own a house and that's great. But like this idea of hoarding property, we don't relate to it. So yeah, I'm sorry if I'm not terrified by the idea of being a perpetual renter, I already am one. But still, this could be said so much better and I totally respect that. The aspects of property ownership as they stand right now are problematic for sure. But this is way too much too soon. This is 2030. We're not meant to own houses anymore. That's fucking crazy. We are sentimental beings as well. I mean, like some of us have lived in houses, been brought up in houses. I mean, this whole thing sounds basically like you're about to incinerate my favorite teddy bear and use the ashes to power some green factory.
0: And that will make Joel cry. It'll make me cry. (laughs) And those tears (laughs) will be used to power a factory. This is another pull. I mean, this is the sort of, this is the the next pull because you're right. I mean, people don't have a long list of possessions. They'll have things that they're very, you know, that we, we call, you know, when there when there are sort of disasters coming through, man-made or natural disasters. Yeah, grab you the know, photo Grab ops. those things that you that you know that, that you that cannot be replaced.
1: I got a tambourine here that Trent Reznor threw me. And we
0: have those things in boxes and so forth around around yeah. the house. You know, the yeah. things that can't be replaced easily. Exactly. And, and so this is the pull of it. This is the cult-like pull of it that says those things. Yeah. You know, you won't have them.
1: No, exactly, because you'll yeah. live in this sterilized box that you can't mm-hmm. have your possessions on display because apparently it's going to be used for public space, which is a whole lot of story yeah, soon. Now
0: stick that Ethernet cable up your ass and let's get going today. Yes,
1: exactly. Yeah. We need some data from your dreams. These are all <laughs> things we'll get to later. But this is the uh- thing.
0: Like, I mean, you know, how, how the fuck do you not own clothes? For example, I mean, you know, I mean, but what you do you do? You, you, you rented your shit catchers, you know? Yeah. I mean, how, how do you do that?
1: It doesn't make any sense. Like doesn't the idea, make any that you sense. kind of like in this society, I think we're all wearing white t-shirts and white pants. I think that's yeah. really it. We're just like you know, yeah.
0: everyone will look the same. There's another cult like pool. Um, yeah, really.
1: But like, I just I, I do see like in this article, it's that thing of like we don't own clothes. I'm like, I've got nice nails, two t-shirts so I'd like to hold on to. I mean, I like them. It's a thing. So look, there may well be a reasonable explanation to this that goes further, but on face value in the article, I totally understand why people think this sounds fucked. It's completely reasonable to think this is an awful, awful conclusion to come to.
0: Well, I mean, some of some of the biggest corporations in the world, by the way, uh, uh, are in the are in the clothing business. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Nike is a worldwide brand. People yeah. wear their T-shirts, people wear their shoes, people wear their clothing. I mean, this is not something that they're going to give up. Oh, okay. No. Well, well, you just wanted us to rent it out.
1: No. Yeah, it doesn't make any anyway, sense. It's, uh, it, it does is, make no sense. Yeah. But it's a, it's, a, it's a brain fart.
0: Everything you consider a product has now become a service. We have access to transportation, accommodation, food, and all the things we need in our daily lives. One by one, all these things became free, so it ended up not making sense us to own much okay Mm. so
1: like this is the thing we were talking before not owning cars yeah and that that's a quote from the thing and basically not owning a car i get it and as you talked about like the large manufacturers of cars are tending toward this sort of thing but you know who's really doing that fuck it elon musk elon musk is pedal to the metal trying so hard to make sure that self-driving cars can be leased by tesla for profit and GM's going to do it, and Toyota's going to do it, but Elon Musk has been blatant about this being a plan.
0: Toyota won't do EVs. Toyota will do hydro- hydrogen. They'll do hydrogen, so, yeah. So they've 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 had, you know, that's that's actually a Mr. Toyota, you know. To-
1: that is the thing, and I think I think he's right too.
0: But yeah, he says no EVs. He's going to go straight to hydrogen.
1: The thing that fucking annoys me here is it's nothing to do with fucking communism. It's nothing to do with Klaus Schwab. He's nothing to do with this. It's mm. all about Elon. And it's all about profit for Tesla shareholders. And while libertarians adore Elon Musk for his snarky right-wing tweets and tech bro arrogance, HE'S THE ONE DOING THIS! Be angry at him, and you know, and the not very communist folks Uber as well. You know how many satellites he communists.
0: owns? Joel? He he owns almost a third of all satellites in orbit.
1: Imagine the space junk he's going to be responsible for, and as if he's going to clean it up. Yeah, NASA, oh, I need your help.
0: Fuck you. Yeah, but I mean, he. I mean, this is this is why governments fear him. You know, even the even the US government fears him because he's he's, he's got a lot of pull. He's
1: yeah, yeah, pull. he does have a lot of pull, and the thing is, he's the one who's going to be taking the truck of jobs using his satellites to automate all of your shit. He's going to replace your car with a robotic taxi you're not allowed to own anymore. Nothing to do with fucking Klaus Schwab. Conspiracy theorists froth over Elon Musk. Not over the target. Honestly, start yeah.
0: looking at Elon. Not Klaus, you fucking morons. He's the one who's going to make me bugs. No matter how you, you, you put this together, that's probably, as I say, that's probably the way the motor vehicle industry, they think it's going that way into that sort of subscribe for a car thing. And and, and people continue to own cars. I mean, you know, uh, imagine trying to take Warren. Going to Warren Brown's shed and saying, "All right, <laughs> give us all these cars, mate." Not he's, a chance. You know, he's he's going to be a shootout. Yeah, there will be a, be, be a shootout. There will be. a yeah. uh, <laughs> So, so people could keep cars, but of course, there will be an investment in them if you if you one don't have a garage or have. Difficulty parking, yeah. you'll, have, you'll have something that just whizzes around. You won't have to worry about maintaining it. Some of the some of the Toyota marketing is already getting into this kind of area right now. Yeah. Uh, and, and you'll pay a, a, a monthly fee and you'll plug in your app and it'll just come and pick you up and it'll take you where you want to go and bring you back when you're ready and all that sort of stuff. You know, there'll be you know a subscription, a base limit, press probably what you what you what you use it for. So yep. it'll be much cheaper than owning a car and having to park one in a city.
1: Yeah, that's it. Anyway, and look, one of the things here is that why are these things free? That's not covered in the article. Like, it's,
0: it's not going to be free.
1: Mentioning, well, it says in the article it's free. Yeah. So,
0: like, I mean, that be sounds free. good.
1: But what's the catch? Like someone has to maintain the Amazon delivery drones. Someone's got to code the next generation of robots. Like what are you going to make a robot? Be like, I guess we've made robots now. We're done here. But apparently everything's free, like inexplicably free. So I just say like, what is the catch? Like who is running this thing? Is this form of like extreme basic universal income underpinned by some sort of workforce? Because I know this is meant to be automated, but how automated is this? Because I'm all about fully automated luxury communism. It's a very appealing concept, but there's zero chance all of this is being done by robots in nine years time. Like yeah, it's not,
0: just not not going to happen. Well, not not in yeah, not in eight. I wouldn't no, think so. It's just no. not going to
1: happen. And someone in this story is holding a screwdriver and they're turning it around. And someone's got to be writing the code as well. Who is that going to be? Like, well, what is the return? That journey? will be done
0: robotically. So, well, if you're looking at an AI future, that's where you're going to go. And this is why people smarter than you and I, like Stephen Hawking, who's now the deceased, said this is going to fuck the planet up completely. Yeah. they will attack. You know this. You, know, you can't let Skynet get sentient. I fucking made millions of dollars out of this. It's only a matter of time before the robots attack and enslave us.
1: You absolutely cannot make Skynet sentient. I'm sorry, but you just fucking cannot. So, <laughs> look, my gut feeling is these so called smart cities are going to be maintained by migrant workers especially the neon smart city project which we will discuss in the next episode on the great reset which is part 3 or maybe part 4 because we're probably going to split this one in two but we will look at what this is based on which is the concept of smart cities starting with the one being launched by definitely not a murderer saudi crown prince mohammed bin salman well, and looks set There's to pointlessly slaughter more birds than windmills and jet engines combined that's a whole thing it's pretty funny the whole yeah. thing's mirrors. It's totally fucked up. Birds are like, you know, flying to look, it.
0: Look, we don't know that he turned another human being into you know, into a sort of pink sludge. But he Not. might have. He might, might have. Allegedly.
1: Allegedly. I mean, like, you know, look, I, it, it was fine. Trump said it was fine. And uh, look, <laughs> well, there's also- Well, so to Joe
0: Biden. Everyone just turned their backs on him. Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: and just no one cares. But look, it's mm. also there's a few uh, casually executed uh, local tribal leaders in there as well. Um,
0: but uh, yeah. well, no well, one cares about them. You can't make an omelette without breaking a few skulls. Um, yes, yes, exactly. <coughs> so here, another extract. First, communication became digitised and free to everyone. Not sure about that? Then, mm. when clear energy became free, clean energy became free. Things started to move quickly. Transportation dropped dramatically in price. It made no sense for us to own cars anymore because we could call a driverless vehicle or a flying car for long journeys within minutes. We started transporting ourselves in a much more organised and coordinated way when public transport became easier, quicker and more convenient than the car. Now, I can hardly believe that we accepted congestion and traffic jams, not to mention the air pollution from combustion engines. What were we what were thinking? What Silly, silly, 20th century people. What were we
1: thinking? That bit really pissed me off. Mm. And it's like, look, advertisement-sponsored free internet and online storage is discussed in the fourth industrial revolution as a very likely future product available on the market. And I don't see why not. You know, like, basically, we already get it. We've got, you know, Google Drive, things like that. It's free. It's pretty big. And it's advertiser-sponsored. It's not... Some sort of crazy dystopian idea that we are going to have certain services that are accessible for free because we are the product. But I mean like this one here, this world here, I work and then I eventually give money to these companies because they advertise things to me and I are like a mindless moron buy them with the money that I made working. In this world, everything's free. I'm buying shoes willy-nilly <laughs> because the algorithm fucking told me to and life is fucking great. I live in this weird, like, controlled abundance and nothing makes any sense anymore. Like, what are you advertising yeah. when everything is
0: free? I maybe, don't, the, like- maybe, maybe the robots are threatening. Maybe <laughs> the robots are telling us. Maybe you our organs this, are just you know, getting harvested. It's you know, Peter Thiel just taking our kidneys. With two broken legs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. okay, so here we go. Here's another extract. Sometimes this is real hippie stuff. Sometimes I use my bike. When I go to see some of my friends, ah, yeah. I enjoy the exercise and the ride. It kind of gets the soul to come along on the journey. What a terrible mm. rider you are! What would you use "kind of"? You fucking idiot! Anyway, <laughs> funny how some things seem never s- to lose their excitement: walking, biking, cooking, drawing, and growing plants. That's 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 not exciting. Growing plants. No. Not exciting. No, anyway, it's not at all. It, it makes perfect sense and reminds us of how our culture emerged out of a close relationship with nature. Mm. I mean, yeah. look, that's
1: just weird. This is weird. Yeah, that
0: is just straight-out hippie it's bullshit. Fucking, and
1: it's
0: weird. It's, well, and, uh, we emerged from nature and started riding bikes. Is that, is that what we're saying? <laughs> uh, invented the wheel and said, hey, let's 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 whack another one on there. And I love
1: this away. cog mechanism. It, it, yeah. Truck. So look, this Walked whole article right,
0: clambered onto a cycle.
1: It's just literally weird shit. I mean, like someone has hit this woman on the head with a mallet. I like, I've got a bike and I ride it places often to get from A to B to avoid parking. Like this isn't futuristic, and I'm not being weird about it. I just have a bike. Like it's just not. I don't get like weird about it. I don't want to write a sonnet to my fucking push bike, but. <laughs> What this appears to be is the sort of we still touch grass moment. Yeah, of the article. that's what it is. It's, that's
0: and, the, it's, the, it's, the inner, it's the inner hippie of this article. And yeah. it's
1: what they're trying to get across. And don't worry, guys, we haven't turned into mindless tech zombies. We still walk places. Uh, we still have legs. We still yeah. cook food. And I have plants in my, like, you know, three square meter apartment where I sleep standing up. Like,
0: <laughs> And I'm sitting watching them grow.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because this is the most exciting thing of my fucking this day. It's very exciting. Like, it, it's just, it just, it seems really desperate. But I get the message they're trying to get across here, which is that, you know, it's touching grass. It really is.
0: And this is really going to, uh, this is really going to uh, get you going there, Joel. In our city, We don't pay any rent. Hooray! Oh, I like it. This is good. Because someone else is using our free space whenever we do not need it. Someone's sitting on your shitter right now, leaving a couple (laughs) of skitties in the bar. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Because you're not there. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. My living room is used for business meetings when I'm not there.
1: Yeah. actually people are probably fucking on your couch and filming it and putting it online <laughs> what I mean
0: who are those people on my couch <laughs>
1: this is how you pay rent now and this is like okay so like this is probably the first indication that I've seen some sort of like value being created in this sort of weird utopian idea but also not really because like I can see why people would take issue with this because privacy is really important in this regard. I don't care about my data. My data means nothing to yeah. me, but I don't want people in my fucking lounge room when I least expect it, especially not like, you know, oh, surprise, an Uber board meeting in my fucking bedroom.
0: Who's, but, that, who, 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 who's that guy who just went in the toilet?
1: <laughs> yeah, but like, I don't think you have a choice in this. Like, this sounds like you have no choice, but to have to have people in your house as a part of your rental agreement. So is it when you're not needing it or is it when they decide you don't need it? This is like you now, like an Airbnb manager, but for who and
0: why? Because the other part of this makes no <laughs> this sense. This is the other thing, yeah, yeah. Why are this you doing it? Who, it could be who, all who automated. That, why are these guys? Why are these guys sitting in my lounge and talking about healthcare?
1: It makes um, absolutely no sense. And the thing that really fucks me up, which is crazy, is that okay. So you've got a house which you maintain, and that you regularly hire out because you don't pay rent, like an Airbnb to fucking me- like to board meetings what if you get some bad ratings what if some tech bros don't like the crudities <laughs> you put out
0: who wants to, if you're a member of a big corporate board, we're just going to pop around a Giles' house and have a and, and and have a board meeting.
1: Totally, exactly. And look, <laughs> if they don't like my craft beer selection, we do, then we I'll do, get a one that's, star. We
0: do, that's right. We do have this massive office that overlooks the harbour with a view that's, you know, we've literally paid millions of, or mi- billions of dollars. To, but I think we'll just pop around and Giles have the meeting there.
1: Oh, no, but in this future, you don't have to pay that money because you, you could just Airbnb someone's lounge room for some fucking bizarre reason. <laughs> but of course, this is the thing: if you get a bad rating, no one's going to hire your lounge room, right? That's right. But you don't pay rent anymore because all these tech bros are paying you rent. Excuse so what in if Nebraska? So mm-hmm. what if no tech bros want to hire at your place anymore? Maybe you missed the toilet at night and you forgot to clean up the yellow specks on the ground, and now yeah. they get offended by it and give you a one star rating. You're going to
0: be you're going to be the new poor. How do you, know? you pay
1: rent? Yeah, that, that yeah. you you have to you have to move underground. And underground <laughs> is an interesting thing that comes yeah. up later on because Dennis yeah. Leary in Demolition Man oh, is right. a star character in this dystopian fucking nightmare.
0: He does That's a brilliant thing. piece. He does a brilliant piece about the film actually. And <laughs> when he signed off for it, um, Sylvester Stallone was part of his contract to do the movie. Was he'd have a golf pro on. Oh my god. That's so <laughs> and, bizarre. And uh, and, and Les- Wesley Snipes would do his own would do his own um, uh, would do his own stunts. You know, go, I don't know. I don't need stuntman. I'll do it myself. So they'd let him do it. They would sort of just allow him to do it, and then they'd wrap him, and then just send him home. He goes and, and send him home, and then they, you know, get the stuntman in. I just do, do, do it do <laughs> <him> properly. <laughs> and, and meanwhile, Sly's going up. Sly's going up up to Dennis and going, "Hey, Dennis, you want to hit some balls?" And, and he goes, well, "Not really. You know? <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm, I'm fucking got, working here, I got right? Got stuff to do." Here. <laughs> well, good. Okay. You know, it's very funny. And we're going to wrap it up there, Joel. Yeah. The Great Reset. This is part two. We reckon we've got at least another part left in us, uh, uh, maybe On a third great yeah. reset part three. Well it's great, great reset mad mad part three
1: will be spout cities. But yeah, it, it is, is mad shit. Yeah.
0: I, but I love I love sort of you know, I'm sort of an amateur futurist and I love looking at all these sorts of things and love looking at all the conflict and love looking at the like, way the cookers have just been sucked right in to this future that just sounds Awful. It uh, yeah, really, doesn't exist. And really, it is not going to go. Not she missed exist. the mark. not in eight hard. years, anyway. Any you know, I can
1: just- strongly recommend the Fourth Industrial Revolution if you're into futurism, no doubt. I actually strongly recommend most of the World Economic Forum bullshit, especially the Yuval uh, Harari stuff and all that sort of thing. But I tell you what, this is possibly the worst thing the World Economic Forum's yeah. put out. And it's- I have listened to countless hours of audiobooks. I've listened to countless hours of podcasts. I have read shitloads of articles. I quite enjoy their stuff. And this is the funniest, dumbest fucking thing they've pushed out. And I, like I say, I don't completely blame Cookers for running with the ball here because it's got it's so, so much to work with.
0: Yeah, to perhaps to paraphrase PJ O'Rourke, and he was talking about the Epcot Center at Disney World. Ooh, I um, want to go. Um, but uh, but what our what our friends uh what our friends in the New World Order are up to here is creating a fantasy world that's actually worse than reality. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's just to paraphrase the great PJ the great late great PJ O'Rourke. And you have been listening to the Condition Release program with your host. Jack the Insider and Joel Hill.
1: Jack can be found on Twitter and at Jack the Insider and Joel on at Moses with AK. We set up a Facebook page you can find fairly easily. But, of course, as per usual, if you enjoyed the episode, please share on social media. Our numbers are climbing, but they're not climbing fast enough to make us quit our day jobs and move into apartments where everything is a subscription service. And if we do one thing <laughs> wrong, our lives are miserable. <laughs>
0: We have a Patreon to help to help keep this sustainable, to keep the world turning. It's a labour of love, uh, but we still have to pay rent. You know, yes, it's just not a twenty thirty yet. Where, where,
1: we haven't got there. Where we'll
0: have people wandering in. In and I out need of my tech about toilets.
1: Yeah, it's unfortunate, but it's true. So for as little as $5 a month, you can have access to all sorts of bonus content, including a bi-weekly bonus episode. We're hoping it's weekly, but we can't do it bi-weekly. And this is all the good shit that doesn't make it in the main program because we have fun things we want to talk about just on the side. And we try to make it worth your while, and we will love you so much and uh, respond to your messages. And just, you know, uh, there's apart.
0: a lot of very good stuff there, a lot of very good stuff, uh, even some that I've not been involved in, which is <laughs> probably probably even better. Um, but uh, – and. <laughs> Finally, all feedback, tips and death threats should be sent to the Condition Release Program at gmail.com. It's got a the at the front of it. it we does. would love to hear from you, even if it's to tell us that you've got a great idea for an article. You'll learn tons of useless shit and be miserable. Don't need to read it, mate. We're already living that dream.
1: Oh, living it. Loving it. Living it, loving it. It's great. I'm going to go and throw some things out right now.
0: See you, Easter's.
1: Thanks, guys. See you then. I don't think I ever want to talk
0: to any of those people.